Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Acme Podcast Incorporated. I'm Laser J, and I'm joined as always by my good buddy and co host. Hey, buddy. It did that. I said, I almost. I tried to say, hey, everybody, and then I said, hey, buddy. You know what? I'm rolling with it. Hey, everybody. It's Kai Hazardell. Yep. And hey, it, uh, look, looky, who's 50? Shit, that, that's. I mean. Lordy, lordy, look who's 40. Damn it. Uh, whatever. It, it's the 50th episode. Yeah, we're here. We did it. 50, 50 episodes. Yep, and uh, we're going to be doing Roger Rabbit. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, because uh, first we got our weeks, and we got some upkeep, and uh, we also got a arcane spoiler cast to do. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, so how was your week? Um, Other than arcane, uh, I watched uh, an anime that I've been meaning to watch for a long time, uh, but it, it was really hard to find the sub. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently, I was able to find a, a sub version of it. Um, it's a 13-episode series by Madhouse. Uh, it's called uh, Tsuke Kageran. Mm. Uh, it's basically like a, uh, a serialized story where it's like every episode is a self-contained story. The only mm. um, through line is it's basically about it's the Edo period. And it's about a wandering samurai named Ron. I, I saw this get added to to you know where yeah. Oh yes yeah yeah. Um, and a her martial artist friend named Meow, the master of the cat iron fist. Yeah. The thing that drew me to it was I saw, like, a couple of, like, uh, gift sets of it a while back and saw some of the animation. Mm-hmm. Some real good old Madhouse stuff. Right uh, For specifically the fight scenes. And I was also very much drawn into the fact that Ron is uh, a female main character for an anime of that time period. Yeah. And very non-traditional looking for a female character, especially of that time period. Yeah. Uh, doesn't have the... Uh... Project Echo vibes. Yeah, she's um more like androgynous or like she has more masculine yeah. qualities. Yeah. And she's her personality is very atypical. She's like she's really lazy and uh likes to take naps and uh professes that she doesn't like to drink sake, but every time she smells sake, she's like, Oh well, we're just gonna have a little sippy sippy. <laughs> and she's constantly broke. She's constantly broke. Yeah. Yeah, the, the series is... It's mostly, like, again, every episode is self-contained, so you could kind of just watch it in any order you want. Right. Um, it's just a bunch of, like, random stories. Uh, shampoo style, at least before, like, the larger plot happened, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then every episode will have a really well-animated uh, fight scene involving either Ron or Meow or both of them. Maybe, uh, despite the the period, the setting being different, uh, Cowboy Bebop's a better comparison. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop probably, even though Cowboy Bebop also ended up having, like, a larger plot near the end as well. With, uh, the stuff with Vicious and Spike. Yeah. I never made it that far, so. Yeah. We'll eventually have to talk about Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Eventually. Um, might do it for another anniversary episode. That, That was honestly my first pick for 50. Uh, yeah, we could have done before. Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, but 
<laughs> we went with Roger Rabbit, and Roger yeah. Rabbit's good. Roger so. Rabbit is good, and it's one of the I. We'll get to it. Um, yeah, I, we'll get I'll, to it. But um, the other thing was um, what was it? Because um, there's not much to say about Suki Kageton, so okay. it's just a fun show. Highly recommend yeah. it. Right. Uh, the other thing was I started watching um, properly Lupin the Third Part Six. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, How is it so far? It's really good. Uh, it's um the concept is that like it's um doing Sherlock Holmes versus Lupin, but it's like doing the BBC Sherlock thing of like it's like Sherlock Holmes, but he's just modern day Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Like there's no and there's no like explanation it's just he just sherlock holmes but he's in the modern day okay um, let's explain the better hmm? less the less he explained the better basically um and then the whole crux this is revealed in the first episode uh the whole crux of why sherlock is trying to capture lupin is for unknown reasons Sherlock Holmes believes that Lupin is the one who killed Watson. Mm. So, it's this whole thing of Lupin versus Sherlock. One trying to, uh, him trying to catch Lupin. And, uh, there is an episode zero that has nothing to do with that plot point, and it's actually really a good character piece about Jigen. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it because it's honestly the gayest fucking thing i one of the gayest things i've ever seen in my life all right the thing that lupin says about what jigen means to him is really like wow (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of amazing how gay it is yeah but to give but to tell too much more about part six would be to spoil it um yeah well we'll get to it eventually I, i do Intend for us to do all of all the at least a little bit of all the looping parts. We should at least do parts four, five, and six, the most recent ones. We will. I I, I want to start at part one, and oh. I want to do the movies too. But the movie it'll all be. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do all of part one and two or three really, but we don't. I do want to do them. Like honestly, for new looping people, like I would tell them watch. So I'm a, watch Red Jacket because that's sort of like your baseline, mm-hmm. and then go from there with like four, five, and six. You needed like a decent idea of who Lupin is and yeah. the dynamic before you watch part part four, five, and six. Yeah, I just you know I, I want to at least touch on them. I I don't like the idea of ignoring a large part. Oh yeah, of no, of Green Jacket. Just and, to yeah you know. yeah just to get to the quote unquote good stuff. Oh yeah, no, I think. Well, all of them are so episodic. Like, you could do a best of, of Green Jacket and a best of Pink Jacket. Yeah, uh, that's that's why I said we don't have to do all of each part. Just yeah, yeah. Parts. And know. then a best we of... We could even just do it all in one episode, really. Like we did for the first three seasons of Venture Brothers. This is true. Um, uh, but that's for the future. Yeah, and of course KP will return because... And if we, we don't call him, he will appear mysteriously Yeah. in the call. Sensing... He's weird like that. I mean, he'll sense that we're talking about Lupin and just like... I've seen it do it from a continent away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's wild, truly. Yeah. 
Um, it's his superpower. Yeah, it is. That and, like, if you start talking about Journey to the West. Yeah. It's like how I appear when someone starts talking about uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Mm. Speaking of that, that does mm-hmm. remind me of an anime that I'm really excited about that's coming out next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based off of a manga, and the anime is called Ya Boy Kong Ming. Okay. And it's about Zuge Liang in the modern day. Just he no change. He's in his fucking outfit with the feather fan and everything, and he's an idol producer. Okay. It looks great, actually. Your boy what? Your boy Kong Ming. K-O-N-G-M-I-N-G. Your boy Kong Ming. Alright. That's... Yeah. It looks... Okay. It looks fantastic. Mm. Alrighty. Um, for those who are curious, uh, this is your a uh, little sort of like ancient Jap- uh, Chinese history lesson. Um, the reason it's called your boy Kong Ming um, is Kong Ming is um, Zuge Liang's uh, personal name. So mm. the so the deal with like ancient specifically ancient China in that that time period, uh, people had proper names and personal names. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of like, uh, using honorifics and not using honorifics in Japanese. Yeah. It's like a, it's like familiarity. So to, to refer yeah. to someone by their like personal name and you don't know them, it's considered very rude. Yeah. It's like, uh, saying, uh, like, uh, calling someone James versus calling him Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, and Kong Ming is, uh. He's mostly known by his, like, you know, proper name, which is Zhu Liang, but Kong Ming is his, like, casual name, which is sort of, and and that's sort of playing with the term Ya Boy, so he's calling himself yeah. by his casual name, so, and it's, like, the casual, you know? Yeah. Which I find funny. But it's translated from the Japanese, um, I think it's called, uh, Pi or something like that. It's a it's a very modern very modern slang, mm. uh, which was actually used uh, in Sun and Moon for Guzma, who refers to himself that way, and they also translated it as Ya Boy. Okay. It basically roughly translates from literally to like party people or like wild people. Okay. You know. Yeah. Um, but. I just randomly saw the trail for that anime, and I was like, "I'm in." I don't, I don't care, I don't care. I just, I, I'm in for this concept, and I want it. It, it sounds interesting. I, I was with it until the idol producer thing, because I just, I, I don't much care for all that jazz. But mm-hmm. the, outside of that, yeah, that, that sounds real interesting. Courtesy name, that's the specific term, not, like, per- courtesy name. Courtesy name? Yeah, courtesy name. Like, Guan Yu's courtesy name is Yun Chang. Okay. And all, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, I just want to know, like, I just heard that concept, I'm like, what the fuck is this manga slash anime about, even? 
you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm so curious. And he's still in the period garb. Yes. The whole time. He's still in the That's... period garb. And yeah. sometimes, occasionally, it's period garb, but with, like, some period garb-styled bling. Yeah. Like, the, there's some... If you see some of the manga covers, this man's worn some fucking drip. Hmm. He's got, like, the shades... And he's got like uh like some rings, but with like uh like like a lot of like traditional Chinese designs on them, and like some like a uh, prayer beads, but they're like gold mm. around his neck. Okay. And like I'm into this. I want. I I don't know if it's gonna be good, but I'm interested. It'll be interesting. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. And I think that's that's pretty much all I really want to talk about. I mean, I've I'm I'm all caught up with uh. I finally caught up with Shumatsu no Valkyrie, but you know, okay. The, yeah. the 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 most recent fight like ended not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, the Buddha. Fight. Oh, the manga. Yeah, the manga. yeah, the manga. The yeah. the, the Buddha fight. Uh, yeah. So that was cool. I'm looking forward to seeing the next one. Yeah, it'll be something. Yeah. Um, I already forgot who the next one is. Um, I don't think they revealed it yet. I thought they. Did they not? Well, they they revealed someone at the end of the last chapter. Uh, maybe I'm. Maybe since the last time I caught up, there's been more chapters. Uh, let me see. Nostradamus showed up. Ah, Nostradamus. But I don't know if that's going to be the next fighter. Mm. We also saw. Beelzebub in the setup for the during during the Buddha fight as well. Yeah, and we we know he's one of the fighters as well. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, that's me. Yep. Okay. Sorry. I'm. I'm. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Other than Arcane, I didn't really watch anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than Roger Rabbit, but uh, I uh, I restarted. Uh, well, okay, I, I've uh, I interviewed at this local place that does uh, pirate like period pirate garb because mm-hmm. there's a a pirate industry in Tampa. I mean, uh, that doesn't surprise me, honestly. Yeah. Because uh, there, there's a local legend about a, a pirate named Jose Gaspar who made Tampa his base of operations back in piratey times. Interesting. Um, there, there's actually no historical evidence. Evidence, yeah, evidence of uh, Jose Gaspar ever being real. Because, uh, because like his na- his ship's name and his name don't show up in any like period reports. Mm. Uh, but you know who cares? No one. Uh, yeah. Uh, and we we have a, a festival here called Gasparilla. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Um, it it's kind of like Tampa's Mardi Gras, mm-hmm. basically, because there's a parade and everyone's dressed up like pirates in the parade and they're throwing beads and people are getting drunk and rowdy. And... Mm-hmm. So there's a pirate industry in Tampa, and that's also why the the football team is the Buccaneers. Ah. Uh, so yeah, I got a 
I interviewed and I did an internship there and I just got hired there. Uh, so trying to get into the piratey mood, I, I've been, I started replaying uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Black Flag. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, then I got a little distracted uh, mm-hmm. because I got in the mood to play Neo finally. Mm. Uh, I, I had I've had Neo since launch, and I got the 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 um, season pass, but mm-hmm. I I haven't touched it since before any of the DLC came out. Okay. So I decided to re-download and start it again. I, I sort of went back and forth between the two of them, but then my my PS4 controller broke, and those are expensive and hard to find now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. If anyone has a hookup with a DualShock Four. I'd be I'd be real grateful. Oh, your boy. Uh, yeah. Uh, but that that's besides the point. But yeah, um, Neo's a lot better with the Tonfa in it. Mm. None of the wep- none of the other weapons really like gelled with me when mm-hmm. I tried them. Mm-hmm. But the Tonfa are real fun. I feel like I would gravitate toward uh, Nitoriu twin swords or like spear. The twins, yeah, uh, spear. I was using spear for a while. I, I love, I love, uh, good pole arm. I, I love pole arms. Yeah, spears are fun. Yeah. Um, but I had sort of I. I spec my character more towards tonfas, so mm-hmm. I wasn't really doing a lot of damage with the spears. I was also using the kasari gama, the the chainsaw. Oh yeah, the chainsaw is um, always fun. But I also wasn't really geared for it well uh l- yeah geared for it well because they use different stats than the tonfa uh interesting tonfa shares most of its stats with dual swords so I mean, that makes sense it's uh, like a twin weapon you know yeah uh it, it's a skill-based weapon and then, then the weapons all rely on three skills but I, i've mostly been focusing on skill on the skill um mm-hmm. i decided to actually this time try to try to do the ninjutsu and the uh on Mio magic too mm-hmm. and that that's a lot of fun uh that it basically you know you get your uh your estus equivalent mm-hmm. but then when you prepare ninjutsu and on Mio spells you also get you know free kunai oh free uh wind free elemental talismans or spells or whatever that okay. refresh every time you yeah do fucking reset. you get to do naruto shit yeah, uh, not not well. Yeah, kinda, kind. Yeah, Naruto shit. We'll, we'll call it Naruto shit. Yeah. Um. I tell you that game would been like I I feel like the perfect game, mm-hmm. the perfect Ninja Souls game is like halfway between Neo and Sekiro. Yeah, probably. Just add the jump button. Mm-hmm. Neo is perfect, but give it a jump button. Yeah, I would love something like that and combine it with the um how 14 does its ninjutsu mm. where it's like you get like a bunch of symbols, like you get like three of them and like you can do combinations of one or two or three of them in multiple combinations and then you press the ninjutsu button and based upon the ones you press before you get a different ninjutsu. Okay. So it's like you do a bunch of uh, it's like a you do like ninja you basically do a different hand the sign hand combo. signs yeah hand sign combos and then 
the result is it's kind of like how Magicka did like spell combining. Yeah, that that that's a little too complex for me. Uh, I mean, it's like Devil May Cry combos. Yeah, but that's not really what I want in a in a Souls like, you know. I wouldn't want that if if I was playing like a ninja game. Is what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Like if if there was like a, a fantasy ninja game, that's what I would want. Yeah. I want to. I want to do Naruto bullshit. Yeah. Uh. Other than that, though. Hmm. Mm, nothing really. So yeah, let, let's get into arcane. Uh, I did want to say one thing related to that oh. thing you said about spears. Okay. You know what I think is a really underrated spear. Which one? I like the Jumonji Yari, the one with the three prongs. They the like it's like a cross spear, right? It's like yeah, it's got like the half moon like on, on the, yeah. And, like it, they, they've yeah they've got those in Neo. Yeah, the, I love the Jumonji Yari. It's such a cool spear. Yeah, like I feel like the uh, Naginata is the one, the pole arm that kind of gets all the. Because uh... because the Naginata is basically sword spear. It is. And but the 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 Jumanji, yeah, Jumanji is good. Yeah, it, it's usually stronger than the other spears in the game. Yeah, and I also like the the Guan Dao, but that's not Japanese. No, that's that that big China. Thing. Yeah, yeah. The I just I just think it's a cool fucking um. It fucking is. Yeah, and the uh, horsehair horsehair spear. Yeah, those are yeah. Fu- those are fucking cool. Yeah, but anyway, arcane, arcane. Uh, let's say this at so, the let's say this at the top. Mm-hmm. Riot sucks. Riot sucks. Riot. Riot fucking sucks. Riot fucking sucks. There is no ethical consumption under capitalism. However. Everyone is allowed to draw their lines in the sand and not watch the show for their own personal reasons. Yeah. Uh, I, I would also say uh, don't play League of Legends. Don't play League of Legends. Don't even play Runeterra, but don't play League of Legends. I thought about playing Runeterra. Yeah, I know. Runeterra is actually really good, but but I... No, I will not play League. It's Riot. It's Riot, so... Yeah, and I, I just... I came to the sort of the conclusion that like it is riot, but also it's a lot of people who have done a lot of re- like animators and writers who have actually made. Oh, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about Arcane. I'm talking about Runeterra. Oh well, yeah, yeah, but uh, but talking about Arcane though, it's like yeah, animators and writers who have clearly taken this thing and made it into something that I actually give a shit about. Yeah, they uh, goddamn. I'm. I was angry that they made me give a shit about these characters. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, and the other thing is that this show could be literally about anything and I would still watch it because holy shit, is it one of the most beautiful fucking shows? Like, one of the animated shows ever. It has just such a, a wonderful... It, it took a lot out of the uh, Into the Spider-Verse playbook. Oh, yeah. On uh, just fuck photorealism. Let's get stylistically interesting, and also in like CG and mixing media too, like using two yeah. D for certain types of effects. Yeah, or or coloring it in a way that flattens it to look like two D. Yeah. Also, it it I really like a lot of its color theory. Uh, it really plays a lot with like 
JoJo, like David Pro JoJo levels of like crazy, yeah. crazy color choices. For sure. Um, but it, again, it's it's really a wonder that like I genuinely, I was worried going in because I'm, I know a little bit about some of these characters. I, I only the only thing I knew about any of these characters is Jinx it was originally voiced by Ashley Birch. Yeah. And has a Harley Quinn vibe and that was it. Yeah. And she's not voiced by Ashley Birch in this, so I'm a little yeah. annoyed at that, but Yeah. I mean I I love whoever voices her in this is great. Does a banged up job, yeah. He kills it. Um but yeah. the um the characters I did know about I knew about Echo and I knew about Jinx, and I knew about Vi, and and I knew about uh, Jace. The, I, I'd heard people talk about him, but I, I never committed any of the information to memory. Yeah, so. there are some other lead characters I know of, but none of them are in the show. But some of them might show up later in the second season. Yeah. Uh, because of if we're still doing Zon Piltover stuff, then. Some of them will definitely probably show up. Yeah. Uh, what's his, uh, uh, Warwick. The uh, the werewolf. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, he's he's from I... he's from Zon. Um, he's like a okay. he's like a mutant. Okay. Um. Uh, Powder was voiced by Mia Sinclair Jenis, mm. and Jinx was voiced by Ella Purnell. Kills it. Yeah. Kills it. Um, the only the, the one thing I am mad about is um. With the show, other than it making me give a shit about some of these lead characters, was um, man, my feeling some real queer baiting. Yeah, I'm feeling fucking queer baited real hard right now. Uh, Vi and Caitlin. Yep. Yeah. Big. Yep. I'm like, it's I'm, like I'm not saying shit until I see it, bro. Yeah. It. It. It's um still in that undertones, but it's not explicit yet. So I mean, I I should say explicitly stated. Oh yeah, no, but I'll give him credit. First scene with the uh, literally slam here against the wall in the brothel and just being like, "Wow." <laughs> yeah. Also, the show has a lot of um characters that are um, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, what's her name? Ooh. Oh, uh, the the lady with the robot arm. Her for sure, yeah. She she got man, big, big, yeah. But the what? Yeah, the mom. Uh, fucking uh, Sakiva. Yeah, Sakiva is the robot arm lady. Yeah, yeah, Sakiva uh, is really great. Yeah, I know for a fact that uh, mo- mo- uh several of these characters are not in league. They're original to this show or have only been mentioned in league yeah um can, um mel mel's mom yeah uh M- mel is also man but in a different way yeah uh there there are a couple of like uh bigger names here but they're actually minor characters like um freaking yuri lowenthal was milo yeah. And uh, Josh Keaton is uh, Deckard. 
but most of these people who are like main characters aren't really like people who have are super prevalent from what I can tell. I've never heard of a lot of them. They're uh, mostly... Yeah. Um, man, I'm trying to look up another character, and there's a problem. I'm trying to look up... There's one character whose name I could never figure out. I could never remember what it was. It, it's the um, the older enforcer lady who had, like, the smoky voice. Oh, yeah. Um, freaking... Her name is only mentioned, like, once or twice. So, yeah. Um, but her voice is like one of my. Her voice is my favorite in the entire fucking. Yeah. The entire fucking show. It just. It's so good. Yeah. I think Echo might be my favorite character, and I hope I get more of him in the next season. Yeah. I really want to see. Because him and Heimerdinger like met each other at the end of season one, I, so I feel like that is inevitable. Because they didn't give him enough this season, and he's he's a playable character, right? Yeah, he's a super playable character, and he didn't even have his abilities from the game. Yeah, so we're we're getting to that. Yeah, he in the game he has a time rewind. Okay. Yeah, and which they hinted at in his fight scene with Jinx when he had the watch. Yeah. Yeah, like, he didn't actually have it at the time, but I think Heimer, Heimerdinger and him are going to be working on that. That fight scene was so that is, fucking cool. I've watched that fight scene, like, five times. Yeah. It is... Oh. It's so fucking glorious. Chef's kiss. It is so glorious. And also, like, the both of the fights with Savika and Vi... There are so many shots, like that one shot where Savika punches her and like the the splatter of her drool is like drawn in 2D. Yeah. It's like that. Mmm. So good. Oh, you know what it is? Mm. I think a lot of these voice actors are like actual like live action. Ah, I mean, they do a good job. Because Haley Steinfeld has been in a bunch of Hollywood stuff. Uh, uh, Yeah. It's like getting actors to do voice acting stuff. I mean, credit to yeah. them. They do a good job. She's uh, Gwen Stacy. She's Spider-Gwen in Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, okay. That's why she sounded familiar. Yeah. Same energy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, Mel is talk, Talks Ola Gondoye, mm. uh, who is... She's Mrs. Beakley in DuckTales. Uh, she's, uh, she's been in Castle. Um, she's, been in a, she's been in a lot of TV. Uh, Zamfir in Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Commodore Winifred and Cleopatra in Space. Countess Cleo in Carmen Sandiego. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Kat Gr- or Nana Nanafua in uh, Steven Universe. Okay. Oh yeah, the old yeah. lady, the the grandma yeah. from the pizza place. She was in Tremors. Which one? The TV movie. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. As uh, Jessica Florence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Uh, from twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, yeah. I haven't seen all of the Tremor movies, but like. Yeah. Okay. 
There's a lot of them. There's like six. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I think a lot of them are like live action actors is the thing. Also, I tell a lie. Echo isn't my favorite character. Oh. It's. It's fucking Silco. Silco is very interesting. I love Silco, and I'm mad that he dies. <laughs> I well, I kind of hate Soko. I kind of, I am incredibly fascinated by. Soko. Oh yeah, no, he's terrible. He's a trash man, but I love him. Yeah, uh, the the actress who plays uh, Caitlin, mm-hmm. uh, Katie Lung, was uh, Cho Chang in the Harry Potter movies and a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. Mm. But live action. Like yeah, a lot of them are like scenes. actor actors, and then yeah, yeah. So I think that's I think they wanted Hollywood people. Yeah, I, they wanted again, to go high budget. Credit to them. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't tell. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still of the mind high higher voice actors to do. They animation. do voice acting work because that's what you know. Yeah, quit giving like actors already have work. Give voice actors work. Yeah, actors can but, do voice acting, but voice actors don't really ever get the chance to do regular acting. Yeah, and yeah, and but uh, they all did fin- like there wasn't a bad performance in the lot. No, I just but going back to Sil- yeah, going back to Silco, like yeah, Silco. I'm so mad. I'm so mad that I love this trash man. I think he had to die. He he thing. did have to die for Jinx's character. And it is a bummer yeah. that he dies, but I his his death is not pointless to the story. No, I I also just think retribution re- required his death. Yeah, that and like he's kind of he kind of reached the end of his whole arc as a character. Yeah. By that point, because his arc is like vengeance and nobody but me, and then it's like, oh no, I care. Yeah. I did really love him sitting in front of Vander's um, memorial. Yeah. And just having that moment. Like, I he's telling him he finally understands what it means. And at the end, when she did kill him, and he just was like, I would have never given you to them. Right, yeah. Ever. I'm just like, oh, man. Right in, right in the heart. Right there. Right in the heartstrings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very curious, because I know some stuff about Victor, too. I'm wondering how he ends up, how he is in League. Um, what is he in League? In League, he's, like, um, obsessed with, like, the met- the flesh is weak. Metal is strong. The machine. The machine speaks to me. You know? Well, I... I can kind of see the beginning of. That I can see the beginning of that, but I don't want to see like what happens for him to get there. He's, uh, you know, he's tried biology, mm-hmm. and he's tried magic. Turned a lady into dust. Yeah, and uh, you know, now it's time for technology. Now it's time for tech. Yeah, and he did say that he heard a voice when he looked into the core. Yeah. But yeah, and the most milk toast character is Jace. But even I like him; he's fine. 
Jace, Jace is supposed to be milk toast. He's not but... the most milk toast character we could have gotten. That would have been fucking what's his name, uh, Paladin Swordman from fucking Demacia. I have no fucking, spin, I don't know jack shit. He's spin spin to win man. Okay. He's it, don't worry about it. Even Garen, or the fuck his name is. I I've it, never touched League, and as soon as I hear people start talking about League, I tend to leave the room. Yeah. Uh, this is the most invested I've ever been, except for like the launch trailer for when they released Jinx. I was like, yeah, that's a fun character. And she is. He's great in this. Yeah. Um, I know someone who's a really who's really really into Jinx and was really excited that she got to be a big part of this show. Yeah, she she has more personality than just haha boom. I mean, nah. it's ex- that's exactly why playing League is such a like. It's like I want to play League. Like you'll get negative lore. Yeah. Just just wait for this. Just wait for season two. Yeah. Truly. Yeah, they got those other games coming out too, but um, yeah, just wait for season two. Project L. Yeah. And what was Ruined King just came out too? Ruined King just came out, uh, and then Project L. Was it? One of them is a game starring Echo, isn't it? Um, I don't remember. Because I would, I would play a game about Echo because he's cool. I remember. It was either at like one of the game awards or at E three or something. Yeah, he uh they, they they showed a bunch of league trailers. Mm. And one of them I remember when we finally saw Adult Echo mm. in uh Arcane, I was like, Oh, that's the dude from that one trailer. Yeah. Uh like for I think it was like for like an adventure game or something like that. Yeah. Um Echo is one of the characters I actually know a little bit about. Uh, I know about his okay. time bullshit. Um, the other thing about Echo, someone told me this not that long ago, a tidbit about his lore is because of his ability to sort of like rewind time and how he keeps doing it over and over again. But mm-hmm. he still lives through that time. So he's aging faster. Yeah, he's actually might be older than he appears by maybe several months or even a year interesting and i'm like that is interesting yeah i mean not he might be uh not as not he appears but like then he should be rather yeah several months to a year isn't much but it adds up that is very interesting it does like eventually that's just an interesting little tidbit yeah but it also depends like it depends on like what the canon time frame of the series is you know because mm-hmm when this came when this came out, I started looking into like the the timeline of League. Yeah. And I don't like that. It only shows one year as like the current year. It doesn't show a span of years. Yeah, it's all. It's this is the first time we've gone super super in depth into anything story related about yeah. League characters. So like that's not surprising. Yeah. No. Um, and. I know for a fact this is like before, way, like way before League. Okay. Um, because uh, Jinx didn't even have her purple eyes until the end of this season. That's true. And Echo doesn't have his time powers. Yeah. And Vi only got her gauntlets near the end of the season too. Yeah. 
Man, Vi is fucking cool. Vi is, Vi is, Vi is fucking, fucking badass. Cool. What a badass. I'd like to be horny, but like, please, madam, punch me. Yeah. Caitlyn became more interesting than I thought she would. Yeah, I liked her way more than I thought I would, too. Actually. Uh, like, but when when they first introduced her as an adult, not not like that first yeah. time where the building gets blown up, but mm-hmm. I I thought it, like she she gave me like Miranda Mass Effect vibes, mm. like oh this is a character I'm not going to enjoy, and then I enjoyed her. Yeah, I enjoyed her arc. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to her more of her. Um, especially her and Vi doing shit, because now it seems like the next we're setting up that the next season is like Vi and um, her teaming up properly to try and take down Jinx because she's gone too far. Yeah, is Caitlyn a character in? Yeah, she's a playable. The game, she is. Yeah, she's a playable okay. character in League. What's her shtick in League? Um, she's like uh, a sniper character. Okay. Um, and it was established in like through like flavor dialogue that her and Vi are friends. Okay. And that in flavor dialogue also, like early on we established like that Jinx had an obsession with Vi, but it was never clear what their relationship was. Yeah, I remember a lot of people thought had it as a ship initially, but then there's a line where she talks about you're more crazy than my sister. And so a lot of people are like, oh it's probably Vi's probably her sister or something like that. Yeah. And Echo has a line with Jinx our flavor line where you know I used to have a crush on you when we were kids but not no mo. Hmm. Which if you hear if you know that line and then that adds yeah, a little even more context to that one scene on the bridge where they fight. Yeah. Which again mwah, chef kiss. Yeah. I, I am I'm truly of the opinion that, that if if you have even if you have if you have any love for like animation and an art form, I think this is worth watching. Even just that scene, yeah, even like that that scene hits a lot harder with the payoff of the entire everything that came before the context, it. Context, yeah. But just from a technical standpoint, it's absolutely beautiful to behold. Mm-hmm. And there are several scenes like that. Um, most of them fights. Most of them fights. <laughs> I really liked how um, I could definitely tell. How um like the what are the I don't know what they're called but the 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 guys that they have like all pumped up with the shimmer who move really fast. I liked how they they, they gave the effect of moving fast was like they were literally skipping frames of animation. That that's uh what they did in uh, Man of Steel and also Spider Verse yeah Spider Verse two yeah yeah uh real good stuff that, that's my favorite super speed technique yeah it's good I really dig it yeah. I think. RE5 did something similar with Wesker's Super Speed, but they mainly had him vamp around. Mm. Which wasn't as interesting. No, vamping. Did you ever watch Man of Steel? Uh, no. Okay, I'm gonna find that scene. No, not the biggest Superman person. Okay, well, it's not actually Superman doing the speed, Mm. but... It, it's still just a really cool... It, it's the scene that made me want to see the rest of the movie. Because before that, I was like, this yeah. looks horrible. And I love yeah, Superman. The, yeah, the my relationship with Superman is I mainly love his incarnations in the animated universe. 
Yeah. I really love, like, Superman the Animated Series and Justice League Superman. Yeah. Like, that's that's Superman to me, in his most pure form. Yeah. Was that an all-star Superman? Yeah, all-star, yeah. Like, those are the most pure form of Superman. Yep, 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 yep. I am very much looking forward to us eventually talking about those shows as well. We will get to that. Yeah, the DC, uh, I, DC animated. Yeah, you don't have to watch it now. But yeah, I, I think you should. It, it's a cool thing to see eventually. I will definitely have to check it out later. Yeah, but um, yeah. Uh, I don't have anything more to say about Arcane. Do you? Mm, no, it's really, really fucking good. Um, bummed out that it has to be associated with such a shitty company like Riot. Um, looking forward to season two. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's get into upkeep then. We got two episodes of Ghost of Molly McKee and two episodes of Amphibia. Mm. Uh, we got Scratch the Surface, Friend Off, Festival of Lights, and Saving Christmas in Molly McKee. And let's get into that. So, just last episode, you were saying, man, when are they going to get around to that? They get around to Libby dipping. learning about Scratch. Yeah. And they finally revealed why. She hadn't revealed Scratch. Yeah. Because it's like, the more people know that he exists, the more likely it is to get out that he's, like, not doing his job. That's true. And yeah. I'm like, that's, you know what? That's a completely valid reason. I understand. I get it now. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad that they got to finally interact. I just wanted to see the dynamic, and it's great. The the entirety of Friend Off. I, I kind of wish they maintained the animosity, but yeah. them them being friends is also good. Yeah, it is, it is really good. And also the um I enjoyed weird fucking uh Libby trying to like passive aggressively figure out that Molly was lying. <laughs> yeah. Don't you love maple syrup? <laughs> In here a little extra. <laughs> oh what? You can't hate close up magic like Molly. <laughs> just so <laughs> passive aggressive yeah. Uh, yeah or the thing about dystopian future uh fiction mm. i'm i i'm very uh pessimistic about the future unlike molly <laughs> uh, uh dystopian future stuff does suck though i hate reading that stuff i like it I... <sighs> it's a taste thing, though. It, for me, it's like... I like escapist literature because the dystopian shit feels like that is what's going to happen. Mm. I mean, that's fair. Everyone is, you know... I just... Yeah. I, I like some... I mean, it's not like one of those things that I go out of my way for, but like I like the good stuff. I, like, I, I still really want to see Fury Road. Like, really bad. Fury? You still haven't seen Fury no, Road? No, I've not seen Fury Road. I really want to. Fuck, I'll show you that, man. Now we should watch Fury Road together. Yeah. I would love to. I don't have a digital version of it, but I can figure something out. Okay. Just let... that's, a, that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, you, you, bar none. you just let me know. I'll totally watch that with you. Yeah, hell yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that's Scratch the surface, and then friend off is they don't like each other. Oh, now they like each other. Yeah, it's and I love that they're immediately like, 
she's in the lemon costume, isn't she? Yep. Like they're <laughs> on to her game from second one. Yeah. But they're like, let's just play it... along. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it's just very good. And yep. I'm always happy very for good. more Libby. Yeah, Libby's fun. L- Libby is very. She's my favorite. Um... She's definitely my favorite character. And of the of the of Molly McGee. Yeah, just honestly, the moment she opened her mouth and it, it was, what, Carrie Walgren? Yeah, is that the yeah name? I think it's Carrie Walgren, yeah. Carrie Walgren. That, that voice is pure nostalgia for me. Yeah. Just because Digimon. Yeah, Digimon. So, like, it, it I, I can't not hear it and be like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did like the reference that they made with her voice in Tamers where she was the teacher. Yeah. Because uh, Kari ended up being a teacher. Yeah. I did enjoy that. Davis was the announcer. <laughs> I, I'll i never get over that because it's such a tonal fucking like, dissonance. Like, yeah. like, they're being attacked by this eldritch horror and car and freaking Jer- uh, Jerry just had like emotional trauma. And Davis was like, whoa, that's crazy. See you next time on Digimon. Like, that's what makes it perfect. And fucking Davis, I love you, but Jesus Christ. That's what makes it perfect. I am very much looking forward to talking about Digimon. Yeah, same. Uh, next season. Next season. Uh, then we get into Festival of Lights, uh, which is the Hanukkah episode, and it's a Hanukkah episode. It is a Hanukkah episode. It's, it's... it's a very cute Hanukkah episode. Yeah. Also, Hanukkah, will... Hanukkah started as we've recorded this, and it'll still be going as you listen to this, so happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, happy Hanukkah, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Festival Lights is good. You know, it, it, it covers all the bases you need to know. Fried foods, story of Hanukkah. The, the golden coins, the dreidel. Yeah. People never realize dreidel is gambling. Yeah, it's gambling for candy. They, they 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 never. No one ever tells anyone about that. That what 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 all you Goyim are missing out on with that. But uh, mm-hmm. actually, that's probably the origin of my gambling problem. Mm. No, no, I'm giving that fully to Pokemon. No, it's Pokemon. Um, yeah, it it's completely trading. No, it goes even further back to baseball cards because I collected baseball cards. I think. My favorite part of that is definitely Libby's like poem. Yeah, her poem's good. It's, so it's yeah. got a little weepy eyed on that one. Yeah, very good. And then following, yep. And then following that up, we get right into the Christmas episode, Saving Christmas, which is like a Ebenezer Scrooge thing with Mister Davenport. I love that they tried to do it and failed. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely failed. Yep. Um, it, yep. The one thing I did it's forget to say is that uh, I my new favorite song is probably Scratch's song about fried food. Yeah. Yeah, that... Same. That, that and uh, I really like the Libby Scratch friend song. That was pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah but... I, there's been more and more catchy songs as the show has gone on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the Christmas episode. Yeah, it's Christmas. It it it's you know, car- Christmas Carol, but with Davenport and eventually Scratch just has to actually fucking scare him and 
that doesn't work either. I th- to show them how miserable. Mm-hmm. I forget the the, the bratty kids. Oh, name, but the bratty kids. Yeah, sadness. Yeah, I did appreciate that the Hanukkah episode came first. Yeah, uh, I almost kind of wish it came second though, because I have to go right from watching something I enjoyed to ugh, Christmas episode. But I mean, it's because Hanukkah is first. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd rather end on the thing I actually want to watch. I mean, it's... Not another Christmas episode! I mean, mostly we won't, we won't even talk about the Christmas stuff with the Amphibia thing, so... I mean, we have to. Oh, well, we do. But anyway. It, 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 the entire... Getting into Amphibia... Speaking well, of okay, that. Not, yeah. Uh, hold on. Mm-hmm. The episodes we have in Amphibia are Hollywood Hop Pop, If You Give a Frog a Cookie, and Froggy Little Christmas. Okay, what is the name of the voice actor who played the old man? Because he sounds... I forget his name. He sounds so familiar in this episode. I'll look it up. Because, like, I've, I've heard his voice, and I'm like, what? Where have I heard it? It's going to bug the absolute I'm, shit out of me. I'm looking into it right now. That's not the right page. Uh, Come on, you can do it. Give me the information he's not listed he might not have even there's a bunch of people who are just additional voices Mm -hmm. and he might fall under that because he doesn't even show up in the name his name is Humphrey Restwood the the name of the character. All right, hold on. Going to try a different tactic. Wallace Sean. That was oh, yeah, that's Wallace Sean. That's the inconceivable guy. Oh, inc- inconceivable! It's that yeah. it's that guy, fucking from uh, yeah, yeah, Princess Bride. Yeah, the the episode the episode wasn't fresh enough. If I had just watched the episode, I would have been like, yeah, that's Wallace. Shawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the he's been in a bunch of stuff, but Princess Bride is what I really remember him for. Yeah, he's uh the principal in the Goofy movie. Oh yeah, he's also um in uh Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. Uh, he he was on a favorite sitcom of mine when I was a kid that I don't want to talk about because one of the people is mega canceled. Mm. And that person's name is the name of the show. Ah, ah, you're referring to Mil Schnazby. Yes. Got it. He uh, he played a neighbor in that. Mm. 
uh, he, he was a very... He was a fun character who showed up like in two or three episodes, but he was just like an annoying neighbor. Yeah, it was nice to have uh, uh, have another episode about Hot Pop acting. Yeah, it it, they, it they, had been a they, while. It's always fun when they make uh, fun little callbacks. Say what? <laughs> I mean. The lead character designer on Amphibia is Joe Sparrow, and that's where the Sparrow that Marcy Wright's oh. name comes from. Also, oh, he also played the boss in The Incredibles, the freaking uh, yeah. Wallace Shawn. Yep, he, he's a longtime character actor. Yeah. Lots of small bits. Which is pr- appropriate, considering who he's playing in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Yeah. I know that you know. Well, Sean, everybody. I know that you know that I know that I switched the poison. Uh, I need to watch that movie again. It's been a, too long since I've seen The Princess Bride. Likewise. Being, that, that's a damn good movie. Keep using that word. I don't think you know what it means. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that that's a Hollywood hop pop. And then if you give a frog a cookie, is science. Science. We get a new uh, science friend in the name of. Oh, I just had her name up. Isn't it Christine? Terry. Yeah, uh, Terry, and she's voiced by Kate Micucci. Yep. I always love it. I'll always love hearing her. Yep, uh, Kate Micucci is a pleasure. Yeah, she yep. uh, was a big fan of uh, her sitcom uh, Garfield and Oates. Um, you uh, for those who listen to po- those who like podcasts, um, there's a podcast called um, We Got This with Mark and Howell, and they mm-hmm. just settle really pointless debates about what is the best blank. And and they mm-hmm. did the best Macy's Day Parade float recently, and Kate Micucci was on with them doing that. If you nice. want to hear her talking about how much she loves the Macy's Day Parade, hmm. fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. But yeah, um, it was interesting that like we got some lore about how they were. I opened a portal after the the uh, the box was opened, but it establishing that there are other i mean we already knew that there were other dimensions but like confirming yeah if there's two dimensions there's more than way yeah, more way more yeah, yeah. multiverse the multiverse but yeah uh crazy scientist lady wants to dissect them yep terry doesn't terry's not on board with it and like obviously planters and and aren't either using the uh, power of cookies the power of cookies snack time ah! <laughs> <laughs> zombie apocalypse yeah Looking hilarious that brings us to froggy little christmas which is uh very fun it is a fun episode it's I mentioned this as we were watching it, but it's the only piece of media that captures the ex- the, the, the horrible dread I feel every time I see Santa Claus. 
it truly is horrifying. Also, also Mr. Boonchoy is so fucking funny in this episode. Mr. Boonchoy, both of the Boonchoys are such a pleasure in... I, I, I don't want to go back to seasons one and two because they're not in them. Oh. It's that level. Like, they're, they're, they're so good. And they're so, like, they're used just the right amount. Mm -hmm, for sure. That makes you want more of them. It, it, I, I love them. They're, they're my new favorite characters, hands down. Yeah, the, my favorite bit of that whole episode, though, is the running joke of, like, what even is Christmas about? <laughs> uh, yeah. Then Dr. Jan fucking info dumping about the entire history of Christmas. Yeah. Like, it, well, it goes back to Yule, but also this Roman tradition. Catanalia. Catanalia. And also, and then, then we have the, no, Sinterklaas. 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 And then, then, uh, but that part of, and then cuts back, but that part of thanks, but that part of Christmas is, is all about the soda companies. <laughs> yeah. It's it's it's, it's, good it's good stuff. Oh, we also got yeah. um the intro changed with uh Yeah, we had um Possessed Singularity Marcy. Yeah, possessed Marcy. Yeah. Fucking uh evil uh bizarro Marcy. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 was uh something. Spooky. Very spooky, and we also get to see her like we heard her speak and this episode too yeah it's that oh it's that multi-voice thing that is just it, it it's like heartbreaking a little because you can hear marcy mm -hmm. but then there's the other voices and oh man it's just, fucked up i love that you were holding a d20 yeah well marcy was a big fan of dnd yeah nerd nerd he's a nerd nerd not like we play D&D &D every week. Oh, like we're not nerds. Yeah, we're totally not nerds. One of us. One of One us. One of us. But. Yeah, but. There yeah. were a lot of like. I was shot in the heart like three times consecutively. Mm. Fucking Sprague being like, you're my hero, Anne. Anne writing that letter. Ugh. Yeah. And then at the end. Where Anne gave his her mom the the butterfly, just yeah. like three arrows right to the chest. Yeah. Do 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 do. Fuck, man. Triple tapped, yeah. Triple fucking tap. We also. But yeah, that that's that episode. Yeah, that's that episode. Ooh. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we're gonna get into Roger Rabbit. We'll see you then. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to Acme Podcast Incorporated. So, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is based on the 1981 Gary K. Wolf novel, Who Censored Roger Rabbit. Uh, it's directed by Robert Zemeckis, and with screenplay by Jeffrey Price and Peter S. Seaman, uh, starring Bob Hoskins, Christopher Lloyd, Kathleen Turner, Joanna Cassidy, Charles Fleischer, Stubby K, Alan Tilvern, Richard Leparmentier, Lou Hirsch, uh, Betsy Brantley. Or Betsy Brantley is the uh, performance model for Jessica, which means they used her as reference. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel Silver, Paul Springer, Richard Ridings, Edwin Craig, Lindsay Holiday, Mike Edmonds, Morgan Deer, uh, Danny Capri, Christopher Hollisey, John Paul Sipla, Laura Francis, Joe Cutra, uh, April Winchell, May Questel as Betty Boop, Mel Blank as Daffy Dog, Tweety Bird, Bugs Bunny, Sylvester, Porky Pig, uh, Tony Anselmo as Donald Duck, uh, Joe Alasky as Yosemite Sam, uh, a bunch of classic, uh, Wayne Allwine as Mickey Mouse, Richard Williams as Droopy, Tony Pope as uh, Goofy and the Big Bad Wolf, and Peter Westy as Pinocchio, and Cherry Davis as Woody Woodpecker, and a lot oh, of just the, a, whole bunch a lot of, of the classic voice actors coming to reprise their roles as these characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Farmer does do Goofy at some point, but he's uncredited. Yeah, and um, uh, I mean the the biggest one is obviously Mel Blanc, you know. Yeah, uh, uh, yep. One of the, probably this is probably one of the last things he was in. It is definitely one of the last things he's in. I know uh, that for certain. Uh, I'm gonna. When did he pass? Not long. Eighty nine. So yes. <laughs> yeah. And this was probably the last uh, thing he was in. Uh, it it might have been the second to last. It, it's it's if it's not the last, it's pretty damn close. Because this came out a year before his death. He was in some shorts before. Oh, uh, he was in some. Sh- he was in. Uh, he was Mr. Spacely in Jetsons the movie, oh. which came out in ninety, the year after he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also the Cuckoo Clock in Super Mario Bros. Super Show. Uh, he was Nick Knack, or he was Nick in Nick Knack, uh, Train and Locomotion. He had a couple stuff after this. He was in the Tracy Ullman shorts for The Simpsons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was the boss. He was itchy and scratchy. He was some gorillas. A whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, By the way, people who are listening to this podcast, if you don't know who Mel Blanc is, what are you doing? What he's doing? the man of a thousand voices. He, he's he's all the Looney Tunes. All the Looney Tunes. He is all the Looney Tunes. He is the... Barney Rubble. He's... Whole shit ton he's of the voice actor. Like he's the er voice actor. Yeah, the er voice actor. <laughs> the voice actor from which all other voice actors spring. There, there will never be another Mel Blanc. No. Some have come close, but no one will ever be Mel Blanc again. No. But that being and. He was also in a lot of live action stuff before then, too. Yeah, like true. back in the 30s and 40s. And a lot, he did a lot of radio. A lot of radio. Yeah. Everyone did back then. Uh, and this uh, the movie is directed by uh, the one and only Mr. Zemeckis. Yep. I, I listed all of this. Oh, did you? Yep. Okay. Did you mention Richard Williams? Richard. I didn't get to Richard Williams. Yeah, the he's the animation director. Animation director. Okay, I did not do anyone on the animation side. I just did director, uh, uh, 
the screenplay writers, I, I mentioned that it was, man, you don't pay attention, huh? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, listen, I'm, <laughs> I'm paying some amount of attention. It's, mm. it's like shit I already know, so it's sort of like, yeah, mm-hmm. Like, nodding. Yep, yep, yep. Alright, well. I'm, I pay attention most of the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've slighted you. No. No, 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 no. Just, I'm just, I'm playing it up. I'm I know. It up. I know. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So let's get into the animation. Yes. There's a lot to be said about Mr. Williams. Well, you go into it then. Okay. Well, um, Richard Williams is. I don't know how much we've talked about him on this podcast, but he's he is one of the greats of animation. Um, he's a Canadian uh, animator uh, slash British animator. He's also a voice actor and a director. Um, who for Roger Rabbit is like the thing he's probably known for the most. But he worked at Ardman Animation for a very long time. Um, he was also um, his pet project was um, if I'm remembering, I just want to remember correctly. If he's the one who actually did uh, the thief and the cobbler, because uh, I believe that was his like sort of big project before he, yeah, okay, yeah, the thief and the cobbler, uh, which is one of the great tragedies of animation, was like his his love project. Mm. Um, we'll eventually talk about that at some point, but. Long story short, it was like a a passion project that he put so much work into. Um, and this is getting the technical stuff, but usually animation of that time period and even now of certain quality, like uh, movies and television, were animated on threes or twos. And that means that for every, between for every two frames is a new frame, new drawing of animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, for every three frames. Uh, three or four, like three frames was usually for television. Or four if you were really cheap. Uh, probably your, like, your Hanna-Barbera productions and other uh, cheaply made things like uh, He-Man and other stuff. Uh, but movies were usually done on, on twos. But Richard Williams was so dedicated to his work that much of the animation in Thief and the Cobbler and his other work was done on one. And that there, for every single frame, there is a new drawing. Which, if you do the math, is uh, twice as much work. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, it, it's an untenable amount of work. Yeah, uh, he was... He is a man who was dedicated to the, the craft of animation as a medium. Yep. Truly. Um, but him and his studio were like the the people who ma- who did a lot of the uh, animation and um, 
honestly, it, it it's kind of sad that other than Richard Williams, most of the animators who worked on this project really aren't like properly revered. Because like when you do when you see the making of and like the behind the scenes stuff, like Richard Williams gets his place, but like none of the other animators really get like talked about, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like Richard Williams and his team, and that's kind of all the mention they ever really get, and it's kind of sad. But um, yeah. But anyway, so who framed Roger Rabbit? Where do we even begin? Well, it's the first time we have uh, live action animation to get. Well. No, no, not the first time, but the first time on a major scale where it's the entire movie. It is. It's historic. In fact, um, there have been scenes that did this before. There's yeah. a famous clip of Shirley Temple dancing with the uh, yeah little uh, little birdies. And yeah, Mary Poppins also. Uh, Mar- that's the one I was thinking with the little birdies. Uh, this one was Shirley Temple and a cartoon animation in there. Yeah, I don't remember which, but... I don't either. And then there's also the Paul Abdul music video with... Yeah, yeah. I am of the very strong opinion, like, objectively speaking, that Who Firm Roger Rabbit is one of the most important pieces of media ever to exist. Yeah. In fact, uh, the Library of Congress seems to agree with me. In 2016, it was selected for preservation by the Library of Congress. It's considered culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Be goddamned. Yeah. But. It's weird watching this movie nowadays. How so? We will never, ever, in a million years in this day and age, see Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny interact. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, that, yeah. Ever again. No. In this world of copyright hellscapes, never again. There are characters there that you will see interact, but not the, not, not the Disney and the Looney Tunes together, no. Yeah, or Daffy like, Duck and Donald Duck. No, definitely not with dueling pianos. Yeah, in fact, uh, our uh, in when they talked about, I remember I watched the the behind the scenes and like a bunch of like stuff to research for this, but like they talked about how um uh, all the Disney and Warner Brothers characters had to be put into pairs so that they would have yeah. an equal amount of screen time. I I think it works best that way. It does. Um, because you have Daffy and Donald and Mickey and a uh, Bugs, and then um. At the very end, you had Porky and Tinkerbell. Yep. Uh, which I was really cool. It makes sense because they're both like the closers for each, you know? Yeah. Tinkerbell does a little ting, ting at the end of yeah. stuff. And, and that, that, that's all, folks. And there's like a bunch of like characters that are in this that are like really obscure. Like, straight up, the penguins from Mary Poppins are in this and they're just waiters. Yeah. You, the uh, the clown that used to hang out with uh, Betty Boop shows up. Yeah, in the background. In, in, like, in the background, yeah. And, and Betty Boop shows up. Yeah, Betty Boop. <laughs> boop, boop, be doop, boop. Yeah. You still, got, you still got it, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, you still got it. Yeah. And then there's like some of the characters from Fantasia in the background. You see Dumbo and 
Yeah. Um, Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Some other cameos uh, that are like on posters, like the giant from the Disney shorts and uh, uh, uh the the Seven Dwarf from Snow White. Yep. And um, Yosemite Sam and just every like Tweety Bird and uh, Droopy Dog. Like every everyone is here. All the warriors. Yep. And it's truly like a a marvel that this movie yeah, exists. Uh, some surprising Spider-Man didn't show up. That would have been great. But at the time we didn't Disney didn't know Marvel. No. Um but that, that doesn't mean they couldn't have showed up. It's true. Cuz the the Marvel Animation Studio was the thing that could have worked with them. Yeah, because Droopy isn't owned by either of them at this point. No, he's not. I think he's like. And he shows up. Isn't he owned, he's owned uh, he's MGM. Oh yeah, MGM. Yeah. All right. He's now owned by Warner Brothers because. Yeah. Ted Turner bought the libraries of MGM and Hanna Barbera and Looney Tunes and all that, and mm-hmm. now they're all underneath Warner Brothers. Yep. Oh no! Your flows. Um, this is probably no, not probably. This is my favorite Bob Hoskins movie. Second favorite for me. The Mario Brothers movie. Yep. I I'll defend that movie to the death. Oh, I know you will. I'm not gonna win that fight. I I just oh, this, it... this is my favorite Bob Hoskins like thing ever. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean Bob Bob Hoskins really hasn't been a bad movie in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, I I need to back that up real quick. Yeah, you might you might have been in a bad movie. Yeah, I, I can't think of any, but and I know a lot of people would argue the Mario, Mario Brothers, Brothers movie, but you, you're fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm just gonna double check that fact. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff I just haven't seen, so it's hard to. Yeah, it's hard to know. He's he's been in some. Oh, he was in Hook. Hook's debatable. Mm. I generally don't like. I I don't have an opinion on Hook, so I I don't. That that's why I say it's debatable. I mean, Hook did but... give us Rufio. Yeah, did you give us Rufio? Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. I just i i never i didn't see it until I was an adult, so I don't have like the the nostalgia for it. Um, I genuinely think, other than the animated like Captain Hook, the the hook, the Captain Hook in uh, Hook is Hook, fantastic, best, fantastic. Okay, like um, uh, who played him again? Freaking uh. Robin Williams is in it, and I forget who played him. Robin Williams is Pe- Peter. No, no, no. Robin Williams was in it, but I'm forgetting. I'm trying to remember who played opposite him as Hook. Yeah, I don't know. Dustin Hoffman. Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman kills it as. Okay, I'm sorry. No, he he has been in a bad movie. Oh yeah, because he was in Son of the Mask. Ooh. He played Odin in Son of the Mask, Ooh. and Ooh. that movie's. Ooh. Undefendable. He was also in Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties, and I mm. 
I'm not gonna say that movie is good. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, but I'm, uh, I'm gonna say you know, Garfield Tale Two Kitties is defendable. Yeah, but Son of the Mask is not. Um, it's really interesting watching, uh, especially seeing uh, freaking um, going back to the actor stuff like uh, yeah, Bob Hoskins talk about this movie. Number one, because yeah. of how much he loves this movie. And number two, because it's really weird hearing Bob Hoskins talk in his normal voice. Yeah, you, you don't... He always does a voice okay, in stuff he's in the stuff we've seen, at least. Yeah. So when you're watching the makeup, he goes, like, yeah, so this guy comes in, he's got the, the, the ears on, yeah? And he's supposed to be the guy I'm supposed to be looking at to get the reference for the animation of the rabbit. And he's talking off screen, yeah? It's just it's wild, man. That's just how he fucking talks. He he's he's Ringo Starr. He, he's fucking aggressively British. All right. Like he it's he's really British. He was in Balto. Oh yeah, he was the the goose. Mm, Boris. Yeah, Boris. But yeah. Um, Mario, Mario. He was Smee in Hook. Yeah, that's I yep. Um. But. Kind of bouncing off of that is like you talk about that sort of how Charles Fleischer, the guy who voiced Roger, yeah, dressed like he didn't have to do this, but he dressed up in a fucking Roger Rabbit costume <laughs> to like get into character to read his line. Like he, they would do, they would do a take where Bob Hoskins was looking at like a like a, a tracker ball. He'd do the take. And then they do another, and then uh, and someone would be reading off of the script, and then they do another take, where Fleischer was there, actually like interacting with him, and be reading his lines, and then they would a third take where Fleischer was off screen, and Bob Hoskins would have to make sure to look at the exact same spot yeah. that he was before, and Fleischer would be off screen like reading his lines, and a lot of, and the thing was is that like. Um, he, they, Fleischer knew that they he would have to go back and re-record a lot of his lines in the booth, but he wanted to be there so that Hoskins would have somebody to like act off, like act off of and bounce off of. And yeah. he considered it like this is like any other role. I'm just getting into character. He says dressed in red overalls and <laughs> rabbit ears. <laughs> yeah. There's like a really famous story where Zemeckis and uh, I think one of his um I think it was Hoskins and a couple other guys from the movie we were at lunch and they heard some people over talking like uh, talking about Fleischer in the suit and be like, Do you see the 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 that fuck uh, Roger Rabbit movie? Jeez, that is uh, they must have had a real low budget on that one. <laughs> it, it's really fucking funny. Yeah. Um but even like disregarding its importance and all this other stuff, it's just a genuinely good movie. Yeah, and it it's fortunate that they got people often call uh, Jim Carrey a human cartoon, but I think Christopher Lloyd deserves it a little more, <laughs> or at just as much. Christopher Lloyd is great in this movie. He's great in everything. I've never seen him in a bad thing, but he has. Like the rubberiest of rubber faces I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, originally, it was actually uh, when they were doing the casting. Um, apparently, Tim Curry was going to be Judge Doom. 
that would be very interesting but very different it would be uh a, from there's no footage of it sadly of his like uh take but yeah zemeckis and everybody described it as uh terrifying i mean it's fucking tim curry of course it was and i'm i'm kind of sad that there's no footage of that anywhere cuz i would love to hear his like take yeah it would have been such a different energy. The whole thing's about a freeway. <laughs> That's stupid. Who would take the freeway? We live in LA, the best public transit system in the world. That's that line in retrospect is so fucking funny. Yeah, it really is. Uh, well, you could take the red car for a nickel. You know that thing he does at the beginning? Mm-hmm. Uh, he jumps on the back of the trolley. Yeah, yeah. My dad used to do that as a kid. Oh man, that's cool. Yeah, that that. I think that's the only reason my dad liked this movie because it it showed you know it showed nineteen forties, nineteen thirties, nineteen forties. Yeah, it's uh taking place in forty seven, I think. Forty seven. Okay. Yeah, nineteen forty seven. Yeah. Okay. That that's the exact date this movie takes place. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Christopher Lloyd and Bob Hoskins both like. Like, Fleischer, Bob Hoskins, and Christopher Lloyd, all three of them just, like, there are a lot of cases where one actor will kind of steal the show. I don't, all three of them are stealing the show at the same time and trying to steal it from each other. Yeah, it, it's a it's a, it's a a free-for-all, man. It really is. And, um, going back to the thing I said about being a genuinely good film, it's like, it's such a weird movie when you think about it because like it's trying to balance being this weird cartoon thing, but also like trying to be a, a, a noir mystery film at the same time. Yeah, and it does it well, and that's so strange, right? When you think about it, the 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 novel also does a good job at capturing that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I haven't read it all the way through. I read a little bit of the novel out of curiosity. Yeah. A few years ago. I've, I've uh, always wanted to check it out, honestly. It, It's pretty good. It, It's a little different, but it, oh, yeah. it's very good. Sure. Yeah. Um, And this is uh, related to that. Um, The soundtrack was a very similar thing. Where it was like uh, the 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 composer, uh, he talked about how it was really hard to do. It was like such a weird composition because it was like trying to balance this like happy cartoony music, but mixed with like the jazz, yeah, and the noir, Silvestri. like the noir music. Um, yeah, and going off of that, this is something I didn't know was a uh, Jessica's theme, like when she like enters Eddie's like um, office or whenever she's on screen, she has her own theme. Mm-hmm. That was not orchestrated. Really? They, what they did was they they showed the footage to the jazz band and they just improvised. That's smart. Yeah, they just it was like play it off, play it off, fellas. Yeah, because you can't write jazz. Jazz is like about improvisation. Yeah, it is. I mean, you you can write jazz, but yeah. it's best when it's improvised. Yeah, and. I love the energy that Jessica has taken on in, like, modern times, where, like, this sort of new interpretation of her, where it's, like, yeah. she's, like, a commentary on the sexualization of, like, women. 
I think she was then as well. Yeah, but maybe not yeah. as like. It's a revival of yeah the the noticing of it. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's like she's both the femme fatale character within the context of her in the anime in in the story and from sort of a meta perspective. Yeah. Like she's the femme fatale from the noir story, but she's also drawn to be the femme fatale cartoon character. Yeah. And be sexy. But that's not she's just as as she says, I'm not bad. She's just drawn that I'm way. I'm just drawn that way. Yeah. It's it's great, truly. Y- you do realize mm-hmm. now that we've done this, at some point we have to do Cool World. We will. And we also have to talk about bonkers. Yeah, bonkers. Bonk. We'll, we'll do that when we do the rest of the Disney afternoon. Know, Disney afternoon stuff, I, which will be next season. Yeah, so. I'm looking forward to that because I love bonkers. I haven't really watched it much since I was a little kid. I, I tried going back to it a couple times, but I never got more than a couple episodes in, mm-hmm. uh, just because like distracted. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was my favorite when I was the kid. It's a fun show. Yeah. Um. And the the other thing um, about Jessica is like if, this is like a special uh, not just that but like a lot of people are like asexual icon because she is aware that she's sexy and uses it but isn't a sexual person. Yeah, which is it's an interesting take and I I, I really like it. Especially, yeah. especially because her whole relationship with Roger is, he makes me laugh. Yeah, I really dig that. Um. And, and boy, boy, do I have a lot of trivia <laughs> and a lot of interesting yeah. little things about this movie. Oh boy, let's let's get into it because there's a lot of interesting shit on about this. One. Oh yeah, um, I think I'll just start with all the stuff about animation, um. It's super, right. super interesting. Some of that I didn't even know. Uh, the one I didn't know was uh, in the scene with um, not just this, not just uh, that scene, but like basically in the scene with Jessica. You notice how her um, her dress it like has the, the sparkle, like the sequins. Mm-hmm. They had to specifically create like a new uh, fo- fo- photography technique to make it so that her they shone like naturally in time with the animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing I didn't realize until it was pointed out was there, you know, that scene where she hits some um, Roger over the front head with the frying pan. And then she walk and then she puts him in the trunk and she walks towards the camera mm-hmm. and then she turns. And as she's turning, the camera focuses on the building Animation doesn't have focuses like it does in real, like in live action. Yeah. So what they had to do was they had to di- uh, diffuse her animation model just enough to where it would look like it would if she were a live action actor being unfocused on in that shot. Interesting. Like that's so. I didn't even consider that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. How much oh. animation? <laughs> animation. Animation. But art. Yeah, really. 
there was there there was one other one about like animation tidbits, and I really wanted to remember the exact um thing about it. Uh, where is it? Okay, here it is. Uh, when uh, Eddie and Roger are in the back room of the bar, uh, where Dolores is, and like he's trying to cut the the handcuffs. The lamp on the ceiling is bumped and is swinging. And basically, and so, the, and that swinging is like, uh, Hoskins is being affected by that light dynamically, but he's an actor, so it doesn't matter. But Roger is also in that scene. Yeah. So he had to be animated and lighted in time with his animation dynamically so that not only the animation was timed properly, but also his lighting was dynamically in time with the lighting on Bob Hoskins. Yeah, that, yeah. Timing, man. In in fact, the term bump the lamp is a term used by Disney employees to refer going the extra mile on effects just to make the animation a little more special. Hmm. The more you know, Richard Williams really pushed for it. Um, He pushed for a lot of stuff. Like, Zemeckis, they were talking about how, like, uh, Zemeckis said, why why don't we, why don't you do ever, ever do camera motions and animation? I've heard that that's a thing animators don't do. And then Richard Williams says, well, it's not that we can't do it. It's that, other, it's that animators are lazy. <laughs> I can do it. It's Those other animators are lazy. Like, the man was so fucking powerful. <laughs> like, it can be done. It just takes work takes time it takes time and work and a lot of money speaking of money this movie had like a 70 million dollar budget yeah it's the most expensive film of the 1980s yeah um i got my favorite piece of trivia oh yeah bob hoskins said that two for two weeks after seeing the movie his young son wouldn't talk to him and finally asked why his son said he couldn't believe his father would work with cartoon characters such as Bugs Bunny and not let him meet them. <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah. Also, this is related, but Bob Hoskins uh, in the, the behind the scenes, he talked about how this is this is my this is my first movie that I made that my kids could actually see. <laughs> and he was really pr- yeah. and he was really proud of that. Yeah. His kids could actually see a movie he made. Um, yeah. On the uh, special edition. Uh, the DVD. Uh, Zemeckis actually talked about how he had. He, there was a newspaper interview. Uh, where he wanted Bill Murray to to be the original, the original Eddie. for Eddie Valiant, and but they couldn't get in touch with him. And Bill Murray apparently read that article after the fact, and he was in a public like place, like a restaurant, when he when he read it, and he screamed. <laughs> Like out, like screamed at the top of his lungs in like a restaurant, like finding out that he could have been in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and he was so mad I, about it. I would love to see the alternate universe where it's Eddie Murphy and Tim and, and Tim Curry. You mean Bill Murray and Tim Curry? Bill Murray. Did, did I say Eddie Murphy? You did. Bill Murray and Tim and Tim Curry. Yeah. I every time. I start to say Tim Curry. I want to say Tim Rogers, and I know that's not right. Tim Rogers is the uh, action button guy. The action button guy. Yeah, I know. I I just yeah. 
it's the name that wants to come off my lip, off my tongue. Yeah. Um, Jessica's speaking voice was Kathleen Turner, but her singing yes. voice was Amy Irving. Amy Irving. But yeah. only Amy Irving is credited in the movie. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Every frame of the movie that featured a mixture of animation and live action had to be printed up as a still photograph. An animator could draw the particular illustration for that frame or tracing paper set up, set up on top of the photo. The outline drawing then had to be hand-colored. Once that was done, the drawing had to be composited back into the original frame using an optical printer. Crime. It's crazy, because this is, like, this movie was made way before, like, digital tools were, like, even remotely a thing. You know? Mm. It's so so much of this was done old the old way. It's wild, man. Yeah. Um. It it's absolutely yeah. Uh, during production, there was actually a disagreement over the way the Looney Tunes characters would actually look. Uh, Warner Brothers actually wanted the filmmakers to use the characters as they appeared in the merchandising at the time, like the eighties. But mm-hmm. the produ- producers actually wanted them to look like how they looked in the forties. That makes sense. Um, there were, and so they did two di- different shots, like dummy footage, where they used the modern designs, uh, and then the animators used the uh, they used the modern designs as dummy footage and sent it to Warner Brothers for approval secretly, while the animators drew them like they were in the forties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it during the uh, the the parachute scene, it really looked like forties Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. But at the end, it looked more like modern Bugs Bunny. Like that closing scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, Popeye and Olive Oil were originally supposed to be in the movie, but they, they couldn't get the rights. Mm. Which kind of sucks. Especially because... Yeah, May, May Qu- that's paramount. Especially because Mae Questrel, who voiced Betty Boop, also voiced Olive Oil. That's true. How'd they get Betty but not Popeye? I don't know. Maybe because Betty features. wasn't, like, owned but, by anybody at the time? Maybe. I know Popeye was owned by King Features already. Mm. And so it might have been, had to do with King Features. Yeah. Rather than, Betty Boo probably was owned by someone at that time, but it was probably, like, Paramount or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. To give Jessica, this is a really weird bit of trivia. To give Jessica's bosom an unusual bounce, the supervising direct animator Russell Hall reversed the natural up and down movements of her breast as she walked. They bounce up when a real woman's breast will bounce down, and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is related to that thing I said earlier about that Richard Williams talked about with the camera movements. Uh, Richard Williams set out to break three rules when he made this movie. Uh, that were the, the conventions of combining live action and animation. First, move the camera as much as possible so the tunes mm-hmm. don't look pa- uh, pasted on flat background. Second, use lighting and shadows to an, ex- to an extreme that was never before adopted. And third, have the tunes interact with real world objects and people as much as possible. Yeah. It's really weird seeing some of those scenes without the animation in it, like especially the scene where Eddie is in the bar because it's like a bunch of like cocktail shakers and like trays and shit just like floating around or being moved around by little like prop sticks or whatever by themselves. Yeah. It's it's wild. Yeah. Um 
the uh, the truck full of bowling balls, pianos, and whatnot that Jessica and Eddie crash into in Toontown is labeled Acme Overused Gags. Yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, 326 animators worked full-time on this movie. In mm. total, 82,080 frames of animation were drawn, including storyboards and concept art. Animation director Richard Williams estimate that well over 1 million drawings were done for the movie. Yeah. We already mentioned uh, this bit about Fleischer delivering his lines as Roger off camera. Uh, oh, this is cute. To get the feel of acting with cartoon characters, Bob Hoskins studied his three-year-old daughter playing with her imaginary friends. <laughs> really cute. Yeah, that is. Um, the, uh, the song Smile, Darn You Smile that is sung in Toontown near the end was actually recorded by most of the film's animators doing their best character voices. Nice. Very fun. Yeah. Um, uh, Richard Williams uh, strove for three things when creating the film's animation. Uh, we just, Looney I Tunes just, type I, character. I just, you just read that one? I just read that one. No, you did the the three rules he was trying to break. Yeah. This one is the uh, the Looney Tunes type characters, Disney quality animation, right. and Tex Avery style humor, but not so brutal. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Sorry. No. Yeah. No, I'm paying attention. Damn. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, Jessica was based exactly on four movie femme fatales. Uh, right, Gary K. Wolf had actually based her primarily on the cartoon character of Red from Tech Series Vic from Red Hot Riding Hood. Uh, but also Jessica would worked at the Ink and Paint Club. In addition, uh, director Richard Williams said she based Jessica on Rita Hayworth and Gilda from 1946. Veronica Lake, Veronica Lake for her peekaboo hair, and at the suggestion of Robert Zemeckis, the look, trademark of Lauren Bacall. Vicky Dugan has also been named as an inspiration for her look. Duggan. Vicky Duggan. Duggan? Duggan. Yeah. This is what I didn't it's a... know. Oops. No, go on. This is what I didn't know. At the movie theater mm-hmm. when Roger uh, and Eddie are watching that uh, Goofy short, Goofy's Gymnastics. That move. That short mm-hmm. came out in 1949. This movie takes place in 47. Yeah, that's. Eh. They chose it because it was, uh, uh, the zaniest thing they could find in the Disney Vault. Hmm. Uh, during production, one of the biggest challenges faced by the makers of the film was how to get the cartoon characters to realistically interact with real on-set props. This is ultimately accomplished in two different ways. Certain props, such as Baby Herman's cigar, or the plates Roger smashes overhead, were removed on-set via motion control machines like animatronics, hooked up to an operator who would move the object in exactly the desired manner. Then in post-production the character was simply drawn over the machine. The other way of doing it was by using puppeteers. It was not clearly seen in the scene in the Ink and Paint Club. The glasses held up by the octopus bartender were in fact being controlled by puppeteers from above. Well, the trays carried by the penguin wares were on sticks being controlled from below. Hmm. Judge Doom, when he picks up the record in the bar, the merry-go-round broke down. Uh, merry-go-round broke down is the theme song of Looney Tunes cartoon. 
Yeah. Uh, we went to Disney's Bonkers Bobcat was created because Amblin Cohen, or of all the characters created for this movie, refused to allow Disney to produce a television series incorporating characters from the film. At the time, Amblin was working with Warner Brothers on the animated series Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. Uh, and finally, I mentioned this, but uh, there's more to it. Famous characters Popeye, Bluto, Olive Oil, Superman, Little Lulu, Casper the Friendly, Friendly Ghost, as well as Pat Sullivan's Felix the Cat and MGM's Tom and Jerry were all scripted to appear in a scene revolving around Marvin Acme's funeral, but the rights to the characters could not be obtained in time enough. Although a photo of Felix shaking hands with R. Cameroon is seen in Maroon's office when he first hires Eddie. Yeah. That would have been cool. It would have been cool. And there's way more trivia about this movie, but we would be here all day. Yeah. Um, there's a reason that this is one of my favorite movies of all time. No, no irony here. Yeah. It's it's a good movie. It's important, and if you have any love for animation or just movies, if you just like good movies, it's a good fucking movie. It's a good fucking movie. Go watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit if you haven't seen it. Truly, this is a. Uh... I think this is an interesting one. One one last piece of trivia to share. Go ahead. Uh, Before he was even the official voice of Goofy, Bill Farmer had his first job as a voiceover artist singing ensemble for the closing song, Smile, Darn You Smile. Hmm. He snuck in the voice of Goofy during the song. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's who from Roger Rabbit. That's fifty episodes, also. Yeah, that's fifty fucking episodes. Of course, we didn't do the uh, the Roger Rabbit shorts. Yeah, we. Uh, there's not much to talk about with them, but if you haven't seen them, go see them. They're really funny. Yeah, they're homages to other pop to other popular. You know, it's a lot of Tom and Jerry and Sylvester and Tweety type homages. Yeah, uh, also uh, Mitzi and Button from the Animaniacs. Well, that comes later. It does come later, but yeah. it's, yeah, it's th- that energy. Yeah. There's three of them, I believe. Um, one in the hospital, the one in the woods, and the one in the, at the carnival. Let me check. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, three. Three, yeah. There was one thing I forgot to mention. Okay. This joke is not only one of my favorite movies, it also has one of my favorite jokes in anything ever. Okay. And that's the scene where Eddie is trying to get the handcuffs off. And Roger oh, just, yeah. just slips out and he goes, You mean to tell me you could have gotten these out of these cuffs at any time? Not at any time. Only when it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> that That is the energy... I try to bring to every D and D character I play. Really, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, I couldn't. I couldn't tell. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, I. I don't care if I. It's not important. It's not important. It's not important. But yeah. No. Yeah. Uh Yeah. So that's, that's it. That's it. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll close this bitch out. We'll see you then. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back for the last time this episode. Uh, that's Roger Rabbit. That's 50 episodes. Whoa. Uh, yeah. We did it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's 50 episodes, and we still love your feedback, so yeah, give those uh, ratings and reviewings and on whatever medium you're listening to us on. It's much appreciated. Any amount of feedback is love. Yep, and there's a number of ways that you can get in contact with us if you want to give direct feedback, but... We request that you also, you know, the iTunes reviews, Spotify reviews, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but you can, you can email us at acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Let me hear that back one time. That's acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. That's right. You can also find us on Twitter at, at incpodcast. That's at I-N-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. And, uh... You can also find us on Tumblr. Kai, where can they find us on Tumblr? You can find us on Tumblr at acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. Yep, and we got two asks in the box, so let's hear that. Uh, number one asks, uh, Anonymous asks, What is your favorite episode or episodes you've done for the show so far? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh... I really enjoyed the Bago episode just because of how fucking... You were just so confused <laughs> about Bago. Am I real? Are you real? Is any of this real? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's probably my favorite thing that we've watched for the show. Big O? Uh, no, uh, uh, Cyber 6. Oh, yeah. Cyber 6 is great. Uh, but paired with Big O, I, I think it's... Mm-hmm. like I think that that's my favorite pairing. Mm-hmm. Um... Self-serving as it might be, I really liked our uh, the, the the gaming bonus bonanzas we did with Rad. Oh yeah, I that had so long had to be made into their own fucking episode. Yeah. Um. Speaking of that, I really loved the episode where we talked about Megus and Motor City with Rad. Yeah, that's another really good one. Also, um, KP and Lupin. That was a fun episode. Yes, KP and Lupin was real fun. Real fun indeed. Um. Uh. And as self-serving as it is, and it's I also love all the JoJo episodes. Yeah. But that's just because I really like talking about JoJo with Adrian. Yep. 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 But man, if I had to pick. I mean, put a gun to my head and maybe pick just one. Honestly, I think my best work and the one that I think I'm proudest of is the is the last Unicorn Secret of Nim episode. Hmm. It's the one I'm most proud of. Yeah. 
it was the most up my own ass I've ever been, but you know. Yeah. If I had to pick one, I would choose. Kid Societies, uh, season two, episode oh, thirteen. Yeah, Rad, where we talked about uh, Fillmore and uh, Fillmore and Craig. Yeah, and that Pete. was a fun episode. Yeah, I love just like pointing out all the whack shit about Fillmore. Yeah, I, I didn't think I'd like Fillmore, yeah. and I really did. Yeah, um, uh, that's actually related to our second question. Uh, is oh? there a sh- what show were you most surprised by doing this podcast? Either like negatively or positively. Um, Slayers. The most, su- sl- yeah. I uh, I did not think I would like Slayers as much as I did. I loved Slayers. Mine's in the same episode, and that's the D and D cartoon. That's so funny. Because you yeah, were, you were I, really excited to talk about Slayers, and I was really excited about the D and D cartoon, but both of us were not excited to talk about the other thing. <laughs> Yeah. And then we both ended up liking the other thing. Yeah, because, like, I I have, like, such a low opinion of, like, licensed cartoons. Yeah. Like, they're, they're almost never good. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that was pretty, that, that you know, that wasn't a perfect cartoon, but it was still much better than I thought it was going to be. That That's easily my biggest surprise. Yeah, it's, it's a fun show, and especially for the time, I can see why it was popular. Yeah. And Slayers was, like, a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Slayers, yeah. I I was just excited to finally watch Slayers because I'd never watched it. I I read two of the light novels and I read some like some fan comics. Mm-hmm. So like I had an idea of the characters, but I never actually watched it, and so I was excited to. Mm-hmm. Um, there anyone that's any others that really like surprised you? I was surprised how boring I found Freddy as FRO seven. Yeah, right. It's such a the the whole concept is so wacky. You would think it'd be a fun movie, but it's like really boring. It, it's yeah, it's such a. Ugh. It's like I've given away all the fun stuff, like twenty minutes in, and then it just kind of like peters out. That does remind me that. Yeah. Um. This isn't a question, but like. That episode has one of my favorite moments from the show really that's when i talk about that scene where freddy he says a thing about camouflage and he makes that joke about it is how you call it camo camouflage and i get so fucking mad because camouflage is a french word (laughs) i I was so fucking mad yeah i mean that and like uh we kind of I, I know we keep saying it. We peaked in that first episode, but fucking Glomgold Shungoku Satsu still makes me laugh. Yeah. You can't beat me, Scrooge. I've got the power of the Dark Hado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, uh, is there any other ones that really surprised me? Hmm. Uh... Mm. Oh, mm. and as I act, and as a bonus activation, <laughs> season one, episode eight, 
as a bone and as a bonus action, I activate my rage to do an extra plus two to my damage. Oh, roll. the Dave and uh, Conan. Conan and Dave. Conan and Dave. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Conan was another one where it was a lot better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. It really, that's going to be my reaction to most '80s cartoons. Um, I was surprised how much I enjoyed Brave Star. Yeah. I I was too. I was expecting like I was really expecting Bravestar just to be a good a good opening theme. Because mm-hmm. I, I I've seen that opening theme a million times without ever watching the show because I have a low opinion of 80s animation in general really. Yeah. Um growing up in the 90s looking back and like, "Oh man." Uh but uh I was happy to finally watch Dave because mm-hmm. it was a show I really wanted to watch when it first aired. I just never got to. It really, it, both that and the tick. I'm kind of surprised you would never seen because they are really up your alley. They are right up my alley. Yeah, I. In the '90s, I could not remember what channel Fox was. That's fair. And so I missed. I and I didn't know that Fox was where Power Rangers aired. And so I would watch Power Rangers. I'd be like, now where's Fox Kids? Mm-hmm. Power Rangers would end. Like, Power Rangers would end. And I'd be like, okay, Fox Kids. Wait, where's Fox Kids? I want to finally fucking watch Fox Kids. And yeah, it it was... Just, ugh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I would like to take a chance to uh, just appreciate... The episode names I come up with. Yeah, there's some really good ones. Uh, yeah. I, my favorite one is It's All Fair and Love and, if, if It's All Fair and Love and War, why did we even have the Geneva Conventions? <laughs> yeah, that one's good. Uh, uh, the one where the boys forget to mention that Yoko Kano did the music for Macross Plus. Coming out of my sewer uh, drain and I'm doing just fine. <laughs> uh, uh, is this real life or is this humanity? That's a yeah, that's a real good one. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna go all the way back. We're gonna advanced dungeons and doofuses. Yeah, advanced dungeons and doofuses. I think I stole that from Community. I'm pretty sure that's the name of their. D and D episode. Mm. Let's see. Anything else? Maybe there's just dorks, but yeah. A lizard head and those pesky undead. K- kids on line, bikes but... getting chased by ghosts. Yeah. Uh. Frogs. Just <laughs> no, frogs. Rock and roll ain't pollution, but destroyed Mecha are. Yeah. That was the uh, listeners and uh, what was the other one to watch for that one? Uh, Black Heaven. Legend yeah. of Black Heaven. No, that was... Was that that yeah. one? Hold on. I thought that was uh, the one with Brad where it was Megas and... No, no, uh, that's the uh, Fast Cards and Big Bots. Right, 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 right. Yeah, the the... The rock and rolling pollution is the listeners' Legend of Black Heaven episodes. Yeah. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I I think my name's peaked with the one where the boys forgot to mention Yoko Kano did the music <laughs> yeah. for Mac. I think I, I think, I I think peaked. you peaked I, on that it's one. It's all down. It, it's all downhill from there. I I, I started just they just listing what because like two episodes after that it's just dark tournament no hold on hold on your most recent one and it all ends on a dark man parentheses sam Raimi 1990 reference <laughs> well that that's how venture brothers season seven ends i know but like it's really it's funny <laughs> yeah it's pretty good it, it's it, it's the joke of specificity truly that, that's my favorite that's my favorite brand of humor just super specific just being super specific. Yeah, I mean, is my favorite. It is, I mean, Mojo Jojo, the humor. Yeah, it, because I appreciate both. I appreciate specificity very much, uh, because I'm anal retentive, but also I find it very funny. Yeah. So, but and that's. I hope that ends. I hope those answers that answers your asks and both anons. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you much, Lily. Yeah. Yeah, cause man, I I, need, I I haven't been feeling creative lately with the names. I mean, sometimes you don't have to. Like sometimes they just hit you, you know. If you yeah. force it, it's not, you know. Oh, a lot of these one like the, a lot of these were forced. It was just like, mm-hmm. I I just sat there and I thought about it until you know I what things I do found miss one, but were the little things where you like clip the two shows together. Yeah, that they're somewhat they're I, so hard to do though. Yeah, it. The, I haven't even. When we first started, I specifically watched with the intent of trying to find the perfect clips to use mm-hmm. as part of my viewing, and now I, I just I. Half the time, I'm doing something else while I'm watching them. My my favorite uh, one, not to toot my own horn, is the one I suggested for Conan. Yeah, that Conan. Was, what yeah. is best in life? Cheese toast. <laughs> uh, mine, mine's still the uh, Big O and Cyber Six. One. Yeah, that is a pretty good one. Not gonna lie. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna want to insert that one here. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. For those who haven't watched the older episodes. Paradigm City. Every person here lost all memory. Have I told you no music during class? I'm not sorry. Show it back on. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. If I still have it, if I have it in MP3 form, because I might just have it. Do you know what clip you have to use for fucking part five, right? The JoJo JoJo Uh, part five. JoJo part five. You know what you have to do. Which one? What? Stupid Sexy Diablo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have to do that. But, with all that being said, um, not to get too, like, 
sentimental. But here's the 50 more episodes. Yeah. At this point, but, I mean, it's an eternity. Like honestly, as much as I love, as much as I would love getting feedback from the show, it, it, it's like I'm glad some people seem to listen, and I enjoy doing it. Yeah, same. It's just a fun time. Uh, it is. It really is. Like I look, I look forward to doing this podcast every week. Well, every other week, I guess. Yeah, I look forward to the day when we can do it every week. Yeah, me too. But... One day, possibly. Now that I've gotten a job, it's going to be a little more. Yeah, good thing that we made it bi-weekly. We. Yeah, we we might start doing more movies, <laughs> or shorter um, shows, or movies yeah. and a show, or a show yeah. and a movie together. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll try real hard to not let that happen. But there's that, also nothing stopping us from doing happens. just one show every episode. Uh, no, I will. I will shoot myself in the foot before I let that happen. Fair, Fair enough. All right, so. Can't find that one episode. Fuck, where is that episode? Which episode was it again? The Is this real life or is this hum- there we there go. There it is, yeah. Season one, episode seven. Yep. Yeah. I was like I I was about to say I just found it, but you got it. Okay, I do Okay, I do have that audio. Okay. Cool. I'm gonna get a copy of that. But um uh, yeah. Yep, that's it. Sorry. No, yeah, no. Uh, it's, it's... I'm I'm doing prep work right here live as we record. That is uh, nothing new. Yeah, no, that is nothing new. Uh so yeah, that's it for this episode. Uh we're uh we're gonna go and let me take a look at the calendar real yeah, quick. Yeah, what do we have lined up? What's our next episode? Isn't it down? Yeah. Is it? I, I think I know what it is, but it is Infinity Train and Adventure. Yes, Time. Uh, season one of Infinity Train and season one of Adventure Time. Yes, uh, that'll be fun. Uh, yes, because I have I, I saw the pilot for Infinity Train and that's Infinity it. Train is really good, uh, and it'll yeah. be interesting going back and watching the really old episodes of Adventure Time. The really old ones are the ones I remember the best. So. Yeah. It, it it's because I I think I I started following it in like it's like third or fourth season I think but like I caught the first season in reruns a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, either way, I'm looking forward to watching these because it's been quite a while for both of them. I stopped watching Adventure Time before it ended. Yeah, so. I'm looking forward to. Again, to I'm looking forward to, to just slowly going through Adventure Time and finally just seeing it all and as a as a whole package, truly. Yeah, how many episodes of season one? Like twenty something. Twenty six. Yeah, that's manageable. And and see and. Uh, but they're they're ten minute segments, so it's really thirty. And Infinity Train is. Uh, ten. Yeah, ten. So yeah. Ten plus the pilot. So manageable. If you want to do the pilot. Yeah, the pilot is um. There's not the pilot just gets more into like the lore stuff because it has to like it wants to like sell you on the show, but a yeah. lot of the most of the pilot is in the first episode. 
Okay. So we'll skip the pilot for both of them. We'll skip the pilot for both yeah. of them. The only lower bit you get from the Adventure Time pilot is the thing about Abraham Lincoln being on Mars. <laughs> okay. Oh, I, I kind of wish I'd known that now. <laughs> well... Because I don't think I've ever seen the pilot for Adventure Oh, well, yeah, Time. go ahead and watch it then, just for your own just for your own fun's sake. Yeah, I might, I might. But, yeah. All right, yep, that's it for this episode. Uh, until next time, don't be a jackass. See you then. Bye!